Desperata, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. Sponsored by What It Takes, Lessons in the Pursuit of Excellence, the New York Times bestselling book by Blackstone Stephen Schwartzman. I'm Dan Mac. On today's show, DoorDash delivers an IPO and Reddit CEO slams TikTok. But first, masking coronavirus. President Trump yesterday put Mike Pence in charge of coordinating America's response to coronavirus and also continues to express optimism that we won't experience the same sorts of outbreaks that other countries outside of China have been experiencing, including Italy, Japan, and South Korea. I don't think it's inevitable. I think that there's a chance that it could get worse. There's a chance it could get fairly substantially worse, but uh, nothing's inevitable. One thing that didn't really come up during that press conference, though, was face masks, possibly because they've become very hard to come by, including those high-end ones normally used by medical professionals. My local drugstore here in central Massachusetts has been sold out for weeks. Amazon has warned against price gouging on masks, and there are lots of reports of face mask hoarders. Yeah, that's a thing. Face mask hoarders. Why it matters is that while the CDC doesn't yet recommend that healthy people should wear masks in public, plenty of them are. And that's creating shortages for the people who really need them. Medical professionals, dental professionals, and people sick not only with coronavirus, but other more common airborne illnesses like the regular flu. The bottom line, there are not enough masks to go around today, let alone when we might actually need them. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper with NPR science editor Maria Godoy. But first, this. In the New York Times bestselling book, What It Takes, Lessons in the Pursuit of Excellence, Blackstone's Stephen Schwartzman shares some of his lessons from creating and building one of the world's leading investment firms. Recommended by Jack Welch, Janet Yellen, Ray Dalio, and more. Get the book on Amazon or at readwhatittakes.com. We're joined now by Maria Godoy, senior editor for NPR Science. President Trump yesterday during his press conference basically told Americans that they should approach coronavirus like we approach general flu season. Wash your hands. Stay home if you think you're sick. Don't lick strangers. He might not have said that one. Does that advice generally track with what health professionals are telling you? Yes, in that it is highly transmissible, like flu or the cold. And so you want to be washing your hands. You want to be practicing what you call good respiratory etiquette, which means, you know, coughing or sneezing into your elbow rather than just letting your particles go out in the air. Or you want to, if you have to blow your nose, make sure to dispose of that tissue properly. Don't leave it out there for someone else to pick up because it could be, you know, laden with virus particles. The one disagreement, it seemed, on stage was this question of inevitability in the U.S., right? This idea the CDC has said that additional infections and probably lots of additional infections in the United States is inevitable. President Trump got asked that and he said, no, I don't think so. Is there any reason to side with Trump over CDC on this? Uh, I'm on the science desk, so I'm on the side of science. And I talk to a lot of health experts. I think what we're seeing is that this is highly transmissible. We should prepare. Don't panic, but we should be preparing for the fact that it's possible we could have an outbreak of COVID-19 in in your community. So let's speak about preparation and specifically this issue of face masks. So I was in an airport the other day, lots and lots and lots of people wearing face masks. Does that make sense? If I'm a healthy person and I am, say, going to an airport or another very crowded place or on a subway, is there value in me wearing a face mask to protect against infection? 
That's a really great question. The science is really, really mixed on this. And we should note that there are different kinds of face masks. So the gold standard face mask is what's called an N95 respirator. The 95 means that it's designed to block out at least 95% of small particles. It's really good at blocking airborne pathogens. That's what healthcare workers wear. There is no general recommendation for the public to wear them. One of the reasons why is you don't want to cause shortages for the people who actually need them, like healthcare workers or sick people who want to keep their virus-laden particles in if you're going to the hospital. There's also the problem that a lot of people tend to wear masks incorrectly. They're only effective if you have a tight seal around your face. You're not supposed to reuse them day after day. You have to be careful about how you take them on and off. There's a whole protocol to it, and the average person may not be using it. So no, the recommendation is no. If you're a member of the general public going out and about, don't need to be wearing a face mask. There's also surgical masks, and those are really just a physical barrier. I'm talking about like the gauzy green or blue ones that you see yeah. on <laughs> on TV shows. So when you say those are just a physical barrier, so does that mean they aren't effective? Given what you said about the tight seals, that those aren't effective? They're not useless, but they're not effective. Like, And the problem is that if people are wearing a mask, there's a, some people tend to think that they're secure. That's all they got to do. And so it can give you a false sense of security. Surgical masks will block it. Basically, if there's a droplet in the air, it'll block large droplets. They're really useful if you are sick and you don't want to, if you're coughing, you don't want to infect other people. That's where the general public should be wearing it. If you're sick and, you know, if you're sick, you should be staying at home. But if you have to go to the doctor and call them first before you go in, because the last thing you want to be doing if there is an outbreak is overloading healthcare workers or infecting other people. So definitely call your doctor first. But the people who should be wearing masks are people who are sick, because those masks are good at containing your virus-laden particles from getting out there and infecting others. Let's talk about a little bit about the business of masks, I guess. So my local uh, pharmacy chain, there are no masks right now. They, they are sold out of these things completely. I know that is a common thing all over the place. Is there evidence right now that, for lack of a better term, healthy people are hoarding face masks? Well, there is evidence that we don't have enough supply to meet demand. That's for sure. I think panic buying is a human reaction. It's not necessarily a useful reaction. But what I will say is that Hoarding isn't helpful because you really should be leaving them for the people who need them, the sick people and healthcare workers, right? And again, good luck scoring an N95 respirator mask right now. If you go on Amazon, sometimes you'll see people selling them for like $300. Amazon has threatened to remove sellers who are basically price gouging on face masks. I'm not sure if they've actually done that yet, though. I can't speak to that. But I do know that we have shortages. And it's it's hard for manufacturers here to ramp up. So one of the things is like demand for masks is high everywhere around the world, right? So whatever supply we have in the U.S., it's got to be made here. And basically, the machinery that makes masks is pretty specialized. So right now, it's already optimized to make as many masks as normal demand is. So it's going to take a while to ramp up our supply here. Final question for you. You talk about kind of uh, mask manufacturing in other countries and how, you know, ours are being made here mostly. Talk just to me a little bit about internationally. It seems that whenever we see any media coverage of coronavirus overseas, whether that be in China or South Korea, the pictures are almost always of people wearing masks. Is that a cultural difference? Do they simply have more of them? Is that a policy or a regulatory thing outside of the U.S.? I guess my question is why it seems every time I see this story, particularly in Asia, and there are photos or videos, it seems everyone there has a mask. 
You know, that's a great question. A lot of it has to do with cultural reasons. So you have to remember, like, when SARS hit about two decades ago, it hit Asia particularly bad. And so a lot of people took up the habit of wearing masks. There's also cultural reasons there where people wear masks when they're sick. There's also air pollution concerns. And that's been decades where people go out wearing masks, whether they're effective or not. It depends on the type of mask um, against air pollution. But yeah, it's as much cultural as it is messaging. Now, I should say that In China, there have been reports of officials urging people to wear masks if they are in public. But the mask wearing in Asia is deeply embedded in the culture. Fair enough. Maria Godoy of NPR, thank you so much for joining us. Sure, Dan. My pleasure. My final two right after this. In the New York Times bestselling book, What It Takes, Lessons in the Pursuit of Excellence, Blackstone's Stephen Schwartzman shares some of his lessons from creating and building one of the world's leading investment firms. Recommended by Jack Welch, Janet Yellen, Ray Dalio, and more. Get the book on Amazon or at readwhatittakes.com. Now it's time for my final two. And first up is DoorDash, the on-demand food delivery company that this morning announced that it's confidentially filed for an IPO. For starters, I get that publicly announcing you've done something confidentially is confusing. So to be a little clearer, DoorDash has submitted paperwork to the Securities and Exchange Commission that is not yet publicly available to the rest of us as part of a law passed several years ago that gives more flexibility to emerging companies. If DoorDash does ultimately choose to go public, its registration will be online for all to see. The bigger picture of why this matters is that DoorDash believes investors will buy into its business model, despite widespread criticism that the on-demand food delivery business can't be profitable, even at massive scale. Uber Eats has arguably been a drag on Uber stock. Postmates is in endless IPO limbo, and Grubhub was profitable when it was more of a tech middleman than an actual delivery company. And now Grubhub CEO publicly rues the industry's current path. As for timing, best guess for DoorDash IPO is in the second half of this year, which means that we might get DoorDash and Airbnb back to back. And finally, some shots fired yesterday in the social networking world when Steve Huffman, CEO of Reddit, said during a conference panel discussion that popular social media app TikTok is, quote, fundamentally parasitic, end quote. Going further, he said, quote, it's always listening. The fingerprinting technology they use is truly terrifying, and I could not bring myself to install an app like that on my phone. Expect those comments to be replayed in Washington, D.C., particularly as privacy scrutiny of the China-owned TikTok increases. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven, have a great national toast day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Pro Rata Podcast.